and welcome back to the podcast. I hope you guys had a great Christmas time and I hope that you're just having a great Monday leading up to the new year. I think we're all really awaiting a new year. I definitely feel like I am. I am so ready to start fresh and I'm just feeling very rejuvenated and especially excited because this episode is actually a guest episode. Now, I feel like I don't do as many kind of guest interview style episodes and the reason being is they just aren't listen to as often as the ones that I do on my own. But with that being said, I still like to throw them in here and there. And especially when the guest has just a lot of applicable knowledge for people who are just graduating college, maybe in their young 20s, who just have kind of an interesting perspective on life or whatever they do. And this episode is no exception. I'm so excited because it is with Sonia Patel. And Sonia, if you guys don't know, she is actually the chief pharmacist and the co-founder of Capsule. And Capsule, they kind of call it like the Uber of pharmacy, but it's essentially a digital pharmacy where they deliver prescriptions straight to your door. It's basically supposed to be like a pharmacy that you don't ever have to go to, but they do have a few locations in specific cities and they're branching out. And Sonia works in the pharmacy industry, but she's also obviously has started a business. She has worked in the kind of startup world. And so she had a lot to say about starting your own business, but also figuring out your passion in life. And then also a lot on health and wellness. She really advocates for a more natural approach to health and wellness and just kind of sees it from a holistic point of view, which is something that I'm trying to get more into and just learn from other people who have have that approach. So we had a really great conversation. I loved getting to talk to her. She was super sweet and I think just going to be very beneficial for you guys if you guys are listening to this and are interested in those things. But before we get into it, I of course just wanted to do a little life update, a little catch up, a little kind of explanation of where I am in the world right now. As I'm recording this, it is the end of the Christmas week and I just had such a lovely Christmas. We just did Christmas with my immediate family and it was my first one with Aiden being married. So it was just so special because I'm so used to having to say goodbye to him. Like we'd have to leave and we'd each go home to our own families for Christmas. But it was so nice just getting to stay with him and it was so special getting to open presents with him and do the family meal with him and getting to do like the traditions that we do in my family with my husband. It was just really, really special and just really sweet time. So I had a really lovely Christmas. It was really great. Now I feel like I'm really focused on finishing our apartment. I have been in the process of trying to finish this place for months now, but if you guys have ever moved, you know, it's a very expensive and b very time consuming to put together an entire place. And so I'm finally trying to finish up the last few things, which included getting nightstands for our bedroom, some more lighting. I wanted to switch out our pillows in our bedroom. And then I also wanted to get some art for our walls. So the last thing that I really have to get is the art. And so I think by the end of January, I'm going to have my apartment tour up, which I'm really excited for and just get to share a little bit more about our home because it's definitely my favorite place I've ever lived in. We have just really made this our own space and so I'm really excited to do that. And also before Christmas time we actually went to Austin. I told you guys that Aiden had a few days off so we went there and did like a little staycation in the most 
amazing little Airbnb. It was not super pricey or anything, but it was essentially just this kind of treehouse bungalow and it was on Lake Travis. It was super secluded. We felt very like alone and it was tiny, but it had everything we needed. The guests was super sweet and I never realized how beautiful Lake Travis and the kind of Lake Austin area of Austin is and all the hills. I've only really ever been to like Austin proper which I like, but I would never live in Austin itself. It's just a little bit more like crowded. The traffic's really bad there and a lot of people are moving there. So it's definitely more crowded, but in the hills and the Lake Austin area, it's so beautiful. There are so many outdoor activities to do, which is something that we don't really have in Dallas. So we like doing that. And we also have a couple of really close friends there. So it was nice to get to see them. We just had a really good time. I love seeing those friends where you can just laugh a lot and you really can let your guard down around. You can just truly have a lot of fun. And those are our kind of friends that we have. It's a couple who are married. So it was so fun to get to see them. Really nice getting to stay in Austin. If you guys are interested in doing a little staycation in Texas, you should definitely check out the Airbnb. I have it linked on my Austin highlight on my Instagram, or you can just go in the show notes. I'll link it. It was super cute and the guest or the, not the guest, the host was super sweet who owned it. So you guys should definitely check it out if you're in the Austin area. It was definitely a good place to stay. And now I'm trying to kind of get back on the work grind of posting more videos, thinking of some new content. I really want to do kind of like a rebrand in terms of my just branding online. And I'm trying to look if you guys actually are listening to this and you're a Dallas photographer, if you happen to be one. I'm trying to do some kind of shoot just to get some more photos for Instagram and then also to change my profile photos. And I just kind of want to update everything because most of my images that I use for kind of branding are just a little bit outdated. So if you guys are in the Dallas area or if you know of a friend who's a photographer, please DM them to me on Instagram. It's just at Michelle Reed. I will definitely respond because I'm trying to find someone to work with who you guys definitely recommend working with. So looking forward to doing that. Looking forward to getting back into the swing of work. We have like a lot of business things we need to do. It's the end of the year. So we have to do all of our taxes. I'm trying to actually incorporate my business or whatever, get like an LLC or an S Corp, depending on what's better. Just a lot of kind of like adult things that I've been putting off doing because we were waiting until the last year ended to do that just so it was more seamless for like a tax purpose or whatever. But yeah, self-employed taxes are not fun. And basically from this time till April, it's just a lot of kind of going through all my expenses and my income and writing things off. And I do this all on my own. A lot of people have accountants who are like, influencers or whatever but I just prefer to do it on my own I like to know how different like tax legislation affects me and I think it's really good just to know because I think a lot of times whenever your taxes are just taken out of your checks or whatever when you're self-employed you don't get them taken out so you have to do that yourself so you can really see what each you know amount of money is going towards in terms of like social security or whatever it may be so it's just nice to kind of sit down. I weirdly kind of enjoy it, so I don't mind doing that. It definitely does take a lot of time, so that's going to be a big chunk of the rest of my year, but I'm definitely excited to do that. I'm so thankful to get to work for myself. I would much rather be doing this than working for someone. I feel a lot more just kind of sense of control over my work and also more motivation doing it on my own because you don't have someone that you're reporting to, and the only person that I can disappoint is myself, which is probably the person that we all disappoint the most is ourselves or ourselves so definitely means that I'm a hard boss for myself but but yeah and 
If you guys have any suggestions for the podcast people who you'd like to have on, video ideas for me, podcast episode ideas, I always love to hear what you guys are enjoying. So feel free to DM me on Instagram. Again, it's just at Michelle Reed. And I love seeing those DMs. I love seeing when people are listening. Feel free to tag me if you're listening in a story. And also feel free to write a review if you're on Apple Podcasts because all those things really do help just engaging with the podcast. It does help me a lot and I really do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. So with that all being said, I hope you guys are having a great end of your 2020 and let's just go ahead and get right into the episode with Sonia. Hello, Sonia, and welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and to, to chat with you as well about holidays. So before we get into it, I would love just to hear more about you and for anyone who's listening who doesn't know who you are, what you do, just kind of give them a brief summary of you and your story. Yeah, so I am uh, the chief pharmacist and co-founder of a company called Capsule. Um, Capsule is a healthcare technology company with a digital pharmacy that's based in New York City. We seamlessly deliver prescriptions and over-the-counter medications using our exceptional customer service and technology. Um, And we're currently planning for national expansion. As chief pharmacist, most of my time is spent sort of laying the groundwork for making that happen. I am also the mom to a set of three-and-a-half-year-old twin boys. That's so crazy. I remember whenever Katie reached out to me, she mentioned that you had kids, and I followed you on Instagram, and then I was like, she has twins. I feel like I don't <laughs> know a lot of people actually have twins, so they're so cute, though. They're Thank so sweet. You. Thank okay, you. so I wanted to kind of go into your kind of, like, early college. A lot of my followers are kind of in college or trying to figure out what they want to pursue long-term, and so I'd love to hear more about how you decided to start working in the pharmacy industry and what kind of drew you to it if it was something that you gradually kind of fell into or if it was something that you kind of always knew you wanted to do yeah absolutely so I I actually come from a family of pharmacists so my dad and many others in my family uh, were also pharmacists and the expectation from when we were young was both was that both my brother and myself would grow up to be lawyers, doctors, engineers, or pharmacists. We came from a very traditional South Asian household. Um, so you could say it was sort of in my blood. Uh, but for me personally, you know, I knew I wanted to go into healthcare because I wanted to help people. I wanted to enable better care. You know, I wasn't fully on board with medical school or dental school because the idea of blood and physical interaction was just not something I wanted to do at the time. Um, and when I thought about pharmacy, it kind of felt like the perfect entryway for me to get into healthcare to really kind of pursue my passion for, for being able to help others. And what was really unique for me at the time was that I had this opportunity that not many other students at the time got. It was, it was really to be accepted to a pharmacy school after only completing two years of undergrad, which was at the age of 19, um, which is pretty unheard of back then. So super young, super excited. I was going to go to pharmacy school. It's going to get my job and, you know, get out and have my own life. So it all happened very early for me and at a pretty young age. Wow. So you started your undergrad when you were 17 then? I started, I started college when I was 17 and I started pharmacy school when I was 19. Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) And I know you actually went to, it's funny because we're in Austin right now. And I know you went to UT Austin, right? 
Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about your school and kind of going off how you did school so quickly. I was reading an article and you were talking about how most pharmacists spend eight years in school total, but you did it in six. And so how do you feel that kind of finishing school earlier helped propel your career? And also if you would have any tips if anyone else is trying to kind of like really grind through school and maybe graduate a year early. I did my undergrad in three years and it was definitely tough, but I would love to hear if you had any tips for anyone who might be in the same spot as you were. Yeah. So I would say, you know, for me, it was uh, my motivation, I think was a little bit maybe different than others. For me, I was always just kind of on a, in a rush to move on with my life and to graduate and to have a job and to start making money. Um, and so that's why I kind of had this like sort of agenda of just getting through school as quickly as possible. Um, but, you know, I think when you are in a position like that, it's, it's, it's beneficial in, in some ways because you graduate early and you get to start your life early. But then when I graduated at 23, here I was with this professional doctorate level degree and I still felt very young, you know, and I also felt like I in some ways had sort of missed out on the full college experience because I had spent the last four years of my life from the ages of 19 to 23 working full time as well as going to school full time. You know, I missed out on some of the social aspects of college. And so when I graduated, you know, that was really at what kind of ended up being my focus versus really just honing in on my career and figuring out what, it, what kind of a job I really wanted to do on a day-to-day -day basis. It ended up being a little bit for me kind of recouping the last few years of my life that I had lost, um, just spending so much time and grinding so hard in school. But, you know, I think when it comes to finding the right opportunities, to getting into programs that maybe will help you graduate a little bit early. There are so many of them out there now. I think when I was in school, UT was very unique in that they had given me the opportunity and maybe a handful of others the same opportunity, but there's a lot of interesting degrees out there. Like as a pharmacist, I've, I've heard of, you know, pharmacist law degrees, there's pharmacy dental schools, there's pharmacy law schools, there's opportunities to pursue a pharmacy degree and an MBA at the same time. So I would just encourage anyone who's listening, like if you have a career in mind that you really want to pursue, think about what else you can add on to it. You know, think about what else can be very complementary to your skill set in that career. So as a pharmacist, you know, you learn a lot of the clinical stuff, healthcare, but you know, they don't teach you a lot about business in pharmacy school. They don't teach you a lot about communications, about networking. Those are things you, you learn in business school. And I think these days to be successful as a pharmacist entrepreneur, you really have to be able to marry the two things together. So I really encourage you, if you have a certain degree and profession you want to pursue, think outside the box a little bit and think what else you could do to maybe add on a year or two of, of schooling, but really benefit you later down the road when you do graduate. Hmm. Yeah, I really like the advice about kind of gaining those business skills. Did you take certain classes in college that helped you with those things? Or did you like minor in something to learn more about business? Or did you learn that kind of as you got into business more so? Yeah, and, and so this is really the genesis of where my advice comes from is I learned everything on the job. You know, right. when we started Capsule, I did not have a fancy bio. I didn't have a marketing degree. I hadn't gone to business school. So everything I knew about business, I learned while we were building Capsule. It's kind of like flying, you know, fixing the plane while you're flying it. Um, and it was that sort of thing. So that's why, you know, for me, if I 
meet young entrepreneurs or I meet folks that are still in pharmacy school, I always encourage you to kind of think outside of the box and, and gain other skill sets that could be beneficial for you later down the road. That's really good advice. Another thing I read was how Walmart actually reached out to you in 2008 to do some troubleshooting for underperforming pharmacies. And it seems like this was kind of where you really started to think about the efficiency of pharmacies and kind of coming up with idea for Capsule. And so I'd love to hear more about what you saw in terms of these underperforming pharmacies and why they weren't performing to their you know, full potential and how that specific moment of like Walmart reaching out and kind of the process of that and how it led you to Capsule today. Yeah, absolutely. So I did at the time I worked for Walmart um, okay. and I had functioned in a variety of roles from that for, for Walmart. I'd started off as a staff pharmacist you know, grew to be a pharmacy manager and eventually worked for them, you know, as you mentioned, troubleshooting underperforming pharmacies throughout all of their locations in the Northeast. So really it was about taking a look at the performance of the pharmacy itself, evaluating all the metrics and also assessing, you know, training staff, customer service scores, prescription error rates, really just any and everything related to how a pharmacy operated. So my role was to go into each one of these locations and sort of rebuild them on a smaller scale. Um, and really, when I think back to this part of my career, it is what teed me up for the experience that I had that I needed to really be able to build a capsule. So one of the things I always, you know, encourage young entrepreneurs to do is is use your entrepreneurial skills to become an entrepreneur. You know, you when I was working at Walmart, I was a pharmacist, and I was it was one of my first jobs as a pharmacist. It's where I learned to dispense medications, manage employees, write schedules. And all of my operational skills, I learned there first. So I had this sort of mental playbook and skill set that I cultivated and that I took with me to start capsules. Even at large companies such as Walmart, an entrepreneurial mindset, I think, is really important to identify opportunities and to open up you know, doors for yourself to entrepreneurship. It's not always about having this brilliant idea that you concocted overnight. Often it's about you know, really thinking about where the problems are and where they lie and how you can maybe make up a process better or more efficient versus creating or inventing something completely new from scratch. Yeah, I love that because I think that a lot of times whenever you watch these videos about, you know, these really cool founders or CEOs, there's so much focus on a certain idea that they just kind of brought to life. But I like how something I talk about a lot in my podcast is kind of like, the daily work of improving your own life. And so how you mentioned like taking something that already exists, but making it better, that that in itself is a good entrepreneurial skill. And I don't think that a lot of like founders and CEOs and entrepreneurs talk about that. So I really like that. Absolutely. Um, it doesn't have to be this like big shark tank moment where you're like presenting this new thing that you just invented, you know? Yeah. And it makes it sound a little bit more realistic and not as like far out for people who might be like, oh my gosh, I don't have that great of ideas right now, but it could just be, you know, improving something already. So another thing I wanted to ask you about was when you worked at Sam's Club, I'm not sure if this was before Walmart or after Walmart, um, but I'd love to hear your kind of day-to-day job there and what were some of the pros and cons of this job? Because it sounds like it was one of your earlier career moves that you had was working at Sam's Club. Yeah, so um, Sam's Club and Walmart are actually the same company. 
Oh, and okay. So, gotcha. Yeah. So Walmart is obviously, you know, Walmart and Sam's Club is sort of this wholesaler division of Sam's Club, which also has pharmacies. So when okay. I say I work for Sam's Club, it was effectively Walmart as well. Um, and when I was at Sam's Club Walmart, I started out as a bench pharmacist um, where I was working, standing behind the counter, dispensing medications. I was really just kind of punching the ticket every day and helping this large corporation become more successful, you know, spending part of my day showing customers where I also, you know, what all the toothpaste is on um, and, you know, candy was on. And eventually, you know, I just kind of hit a wall. I knew that if I really wanted to make an impact, I was in the wrong place. And I went to school to become a pharmacist because I wanted to help people. I wanted to wake up every day with a passion and a purpose and, you know, when I kind of hit this wall is when I decided to leave and start Capsule. It was really that that kind of like a defining moment that people talk about where it's like, you know, I just, I can't imagine doing this anymore. I can't imagine waking up, living my life without that sense of purpose. And I'll tell you that leaving retail pharmacy to start Capsule was really one of the most life-changing experiences for me, both personally and professionally. Every day for the last five and a half years has been kind of this exciting journey with so many ups and downs and lots of unpredictability. And the only really predictable thing is that you no know, two days are the same. And then I feel like I've been leading up to like actually when you started Capsule, but I'd love to hear more about how you met Eric, who was your business partner, correct, on Capsule? And yeah. how you met him and what he was doing and how you guys kind of had that like clicking moment of, oh, we actually have an idea here to start Capsule. So Eric and I met about 12 years ago at a birthday party. Um, the connection wow. there, yeah, it was, a long, it was a long time ago. So the connection is that his best friend and my best friend are brothers. Um, but you know, we lost touch pretty soon after that. So I hadn't really, hadn't really stayed in touch with him until, um, capsule sort of surfaced and we started thinking about this business together. Um, and his background is really that he worked in investment banking at Bain and Perry and he worked in the healthcare and retail sectors. So he was looking to build this, you know, retail pharmacy business with someone. He understood kind of the business aspects. Uh, but he didn't understand what happened behind the pharmacy counter. He needed someone to really kind of teach that to him and really explain kind of what happened. And that's really where I came in. So we sat down for months prior to even starting the company and we mapped out um, the current, at the time, the current retail pharmacy experience. And there were so many pain points, everything from out of stock medications, insurance issues, broken technology, not being able to talk to your pharmacist when you have questions. And as we did this, we realized that the only way to really make an impact in, the, in that industry was to rebuild the pharmacy from the ground up. And that's exactly what we did with Capsule. Wow, that's so cool. And another thing, because I took a, it was an entrepreneurship class in college that I took. And we really talked about the pros and cons of having a business partner versus you know starting a company on your own. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you felt like it benefited the business having a business partner versus just being solo. And obviously, whenever you're starting a business, you're working with other people, but actually having like two co-founders versus being like the sole founder. Do you think that there are certain pros and cons if maybe someone else is looking to start a business? I mean, I know, you know, it's my first rodeo when it comes to building a business and, and even with a partner, it's challenging. 
you know, I, I personally feel very fortunate that we made the, we had the right connection from the very beginning. Um, and I personally can't imagine doing it alone um, now, especially now with kids and family. But I also have kind of additional contacts of my husband, who is also a serial entrepreneur. And I've seen him build his latest business over the last three years as a solo founder. And it is, it is incredibly difficult. I think you don't have to, I don't believe you have to go through the entrepreneurial journey alone and start a business on your own, but you do have to be sure that the person that you decide to enter into that relationship is a good balance and the right fit. You know, that your skill sets are sort of complementary, but that they're different, that you bring kind of different things to the table. And I think that's what was really beneficial with Eric and I is we kind of knew, kind of knew where that line was in the stand, right? It was like, you have like kind of the business piece, business aspects, and I have kind of the operational pharmacy pieces of the business. And they were very, two very clearly defined um, sort of departments or sections of the business. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say starting a business with a co-founder or partner in my opinion, it's always better. I think people don't realize how much work it is to build a very large and successful business and how many different hats you have to wear. I think having that extra set of hands from day one is, is definitely very, very important and very helpful. And then for anyone who's actually wondering what Capsule actually is, I'd love for you to kind of give an overview of what exactly Capsule is and how it's different than the average pharmacy and why you think it's the future of you know, the pharmacy industry. Yeah, so Capsule is different. Um, Capsule is a digital pharmacy. Um, we hand deliver prescriptions to your home or office using our proprietary software and our seamless customer service experience. So we are the better, newer, kinder, smarter retail pharmacy. When you think about, you know, the last time you went to your local pharmacy, you may have experienced a whole slew of issues, prioritizations, insurance problems, out-of-stock medications, waiting in line, what we really do and we do well is we eliminate all of these friction points in the customer service experience and we enable our pharmacists to be super pharmacists by making them more accessible so you can talk to your pharmacist via chat text email or phone whatever method is most convenient for you at a time and a place that's convenient for you so that means no more waiting in line while someone is standing behind you listening to all of your personal medical information you know, we believe that people have less time and they want more convenience, but they also want a very personal experience. And that's kind of what we've done is brought the entire retail pharmacy experience like to you in your phone, just in your back pocket um, and made it seamless and easy. Hmm. And how many cities is Capsule actually in? Because I know the whole point is kind of like the fact that you don't need to actually go physically to the pharmacy, but you mentioned that there are specific cities that do have capsule stores there. So which cities are you guys in? Yeah, so we currently operate in New York City, which is our largest market, um, the Twin Cities and Boston. And we have plans in 2021 to open uh, a lot of additional locations throughout the US. So you will definitely see capsule in your local community within the next, I would say, anywhere from three to nine months. And I think it's so crazy because with everything going on right now, it seems even more so useful when people don't actually want to like go to CVS or go to wherever their pharmacy is in person. And so it's cool to see how ahead of the curve capsule was in that department and 
kind of anticipating that maybe people don't actually want to physically go to the pharmacy anymore. Even when it's a drive-through, I feel like you pull up to the drive-through and the line's still super long, so you don't want to go in or you don't want to wait in line anyway, so you end up going inside. And so that's really cool that you guys could kind of tell. How did you anticipate maybe that people were more likely to kind of stop going in person to the pharmacy? Like what was the timeline when you guys actually kind of like came up with the idea and then actually started versus now? Yeah. So it's funny, um, you know, the business was kind of built for something like this and no one could have ever predicted the pandemic. I mean, we we couldn't have predicted it either, but Mm -hmm. um, I think it's, it's about the convenience and people just want, want it. Like if you think about when we started the business back five years ago, that was when Amazon was big, right? That was when Amazon was starting to come around. Everyone was using it. It was three clicks to get your stuff. And that was it. Super convenient. And most e-commerce businesses were going online at the time. Pharmacy is a $4 billion industry and such a small piece of it is online that that was what we really focused on. We focused on like, how do we bring this, like, like the largest interaction in healthcare online and you like allow people to use it like an an e-commerce business, like how do we do that? And so that's really the genesis of like how we started thinking about capsule before, but specifically when it comes to COVID, you know, capsule went from a convenience and a nice to have to an essential, which, you know, again, could not have predicted that, but, you know, our team was really, it was kind of our moment where we were like, wow, this is like what our business is built for. Like, this is our time. Like, this is, this is our time to kind of be part of the solution. This is our time to kind of help the community around us and get, you know, prescription delivery to as many people as quickly as we possibly can. Um, and that is why, you know, we are opening so many more locations this year and, um, you know, we're just happy to like be part of the solution and happy to be able to help the people around us community. I kind of wanted to shift more into your personal life now, because I know that you are a mom and you're married and you said your husband is also, you know, a business owner. So I'd love to hear more about whenever you started capsule, were you married yet? And did you have kids yet? Like, what was your life like in that stage? So when we started Capsule, I had just gotten married. I think I signed my offer letter to join Capsule as we were getting on our flight for our honeymoon. Like, literally, I I signed the offer letter, and I called my boss, and I said, sorry, I'm leaving. I'm joining another company, and I shut my phone off, and I went um and so yeah it was I just got married um kids were nowhere in the picture at that time but about a year into starting capsule my husband and I were we were shocked to find out that we were actually pregnant with twins um that was not part of our plan you know we were planning to have children but we definitely weren't planning for two at one time and here I was in the early stages of a startup and some of the most critical stages of getting this business off the ground and we were living in our one bedroom apartment in Manhattan at the time. So it was just a really big shock for us. And we were just kind of unsure about how to proceed. You know, it was a very difficult pregnancy. Um, and I started to doubt over those few months, whether or not I would be able to do both. Could I be a good mom to these twin boys that I was about to have and also successfully build this company. And every moment that I spent thinking about, having to choose one over the other, I would become really unhappy. Um, I had to do both and I had to make it work. So that was a very, very interesting time for me personally, because there was always a little bit of, you know, struggle there. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I think it was that passion and that desire to do both that really fueled me and got me through each day. You know, I had to find a balance that would work for me, whether I believe that I could or I had the energy to or not, I had to find it. I had to get through each day. And I found the best way for me to do that was just to compartmentalize. You know, I had my three buckets. I had capsule, I had family, and I had my health and well-being. And there was no room for anything else. There was no time or room for social activities. I barely saw my friends. We didn't travel. Um, there was no bucket for side projects or hobbies. I just focused on those three, three things for those two years um, and found my balance each day between these three three different things that I was focused on. And you know, we were fortunate to have help, um, but it was definitely the most challenging time in my life. That totally, totally well worth it. Yeah. I love how you talked about the buckets. My next question was actually on kind of like putting up boundaries in between, you know, work and family life. And I think that a lot of people, especially when you're young, you kind of want to have your family and you want to have your business and you want to see your friends. And there's this idea that you can do it all. And so many people wonder about creating balance and how do you actually find balance, but it really is, you know, picking the three things that you have. I remember there's something that was like, you can get good grades, you can sleep or have a social life, but like you can have two, but not all three or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like that where you do have to be so intentional about choosing what you're focusing on. And I like how you mentioned it was a couple years of that and just kind of knowing that this isn't forever, but for the next couple of years, it's going to be like this and you just kind of commit. And so I really like that you touched on that. It was something that I do a lot of talking on, on my podcast, just boundaries and all those things, but kind of going back to the business in terms of actually getting it off the ground, I wanted to ask if you had any major roadblocks along the way, you know, things that you hit where you thought like, this is it, not doing this anymore. This is too hard. And kind of how you work through those roadblocks and how you would recommend other people to kind of move past the mental side of getting past roadblocks and maybe they're trying to start. A business yeah for me the roadblocks really were more um, kind of personal roadblocks I would say you know when I think of my early days with capsule I was a novice to so much that was going on around me you know no business school no marketing classes I was a fish out of water and at times very uncomfortable you know and I didn't have the confidence that I think everyone would have expected me to have in this sort of role um, and it took me a while to get comfortable with where I was at the company we started the company and it was just the two of us and it grew so quickly. And before I know it, it was, before I knew it, it was 100, 200, 600 people working at Capsule. Um, you know, I remember there were times where I would be in a room full of engineers talking about our products or our tools. And there were so many things they were talking about that I just didn't make sense to me at all. And then I realized, you know, you know what? I know the one thing that everyone else in this room knows nothing about, and that's pharmacy. And so I just kept that in my head. And each time after that, when I was in, placed in one of these uncomfortable situations, those were the times that I ended up learning the most, you know, because I, I just kind of forced myself to really think through it and to not be so worried about what is everyone in the room going to think of me if I say X, Y, Z. Um, and I'm so thankful now that I did that because over, over time, I realized that it was okay to feel this way and that I shouldn't be afraid. I was learning and the things that I knew well I was teaching to other people. Um, and so this really, you know, putting myself in these sort of situations over time really helped me gain the confidence that I needed 
to be successful and to kind of push, kind of keep pushing forward. And I also had to regularly remind myself that this is why I was there. I was there to make an impact. I was there to grow and I was here to change. I was there to be uncomfortable. If I spent my whole life doing things I felt comfortable with, I would never grow and I would never get where I needed to be. Um, but that's also, you know, as far as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, that's the moment that I realized I was in the right place for my entire life. I felt like every time I did get comfortable, I sort of ran. I think that's why I was always in this sort of rush to get on with the next stage of my life. And I needed to find the next thing that was going to challenge me and make me better. And to your question, um, how do you recommend others to move past roadblocks? I'd say the biggest advice that I have is to confront them head on. You know, it's so easy to try to navigate around roadblocks. And I say, you know, don't do that. I'd say break through them because you'll do a lot of sort of personal development and soul searching, I think, along the way. You know, I use myself as an example and I could have continued on in my role, maintaining sort of this low key presence at the company, but I didn't want that. I wanted, a, I wanted to be a powerful voice in the room. I just didn't know how to go about doing that. And, you know, I knew I was driven and I was passionate. And if you really feel passionate about what you do, then you let that passionate sort of give you the confidence to speak up. So I would say, you know, when it comes to roadblocks, confront them head on, because you, you really never know what sort of personal lessons that you will learn and what kind of growing and developing you'll do out of doing that. Yeah. And you mentioned how one of your buckets in your life was health and wellness. And I specifically wanted to do this episode with you kind of near the new year, because I know a lot of people are probably coming up with their new year's resolutions or whatever. And I'm sure a lot of them have to do with health and wellness. But I also know that you really advocate for kind of natural healing methods. And so I'd love to hear more about your philosophy behind health and wellness, why you think it's important, and kind of your approach, even as a pharmacist, and how maybe your outlook on health and wellness informs your pharmacy work as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, so um, yes, if you do follow me on social, particularly on Instagram, I do talk about natural approaches to health and wellness, reading ingredients on labels and really kind of educating yourself on what's in the products that you use on you and that you have around you. Um, and, and that's really with the intent of, you know, most of us were not born and then immediately started taking medication. You know, I know I'm a pharmacist, but I don't believe that health and wellness actually starts with medication. Um, yes, if you need medications for an ailment or condition, you should absolutely take it. But I think there are so many things that you can do in our day-to-day -day lives to stay healthy between or even prior to starting medication. So when I talk about health and wellness on my personal platform, I talk more about it from like this angle of education and really being an informed consumer when it comes to the products that you use and also just giving like healthy tips and advice to people that maybe can help them in their day-to-day -day life. For those who aren't taking medications and for those who really are just looking to like make small changes that can keep them from taking medications in the first place. Yeah. And kind of going off that for maybe people who are thinking about the new year and thinking about making some lifestyle changes in terms of health and wellness. And obviously everyone's different and, you know, there's not really like a one size fits all approach, but I would love to hear if you had any kind of more mindful health tips and goals that you think are good to have for a new year. Yeah. So, you know, I think everything that with everything that's happened this year, I think 2021 is the year for all of us to check in with ourselves, particularly our mental health. You know, we've all accustomed to this day to day grind since the start of the pandemic. 
Um, and most of us have not really had the luxury of really looking after ourselves, especially for those, for those of you out there that are parents, you know, we've mostly been in survival mode. So some tips and goals that I really recommend are to set, you know, one to two goals for yourself that involve mental health and relaxation every day, even if that's meditating, stress monitoring, self-care routines, whatever that is, really just take the time to kind of check in on yourself. I think as a society, you know, I think in 2021, we will also see this really big kind of convergence of health and wellness, which I touched on a little bit earlier as well. You know, I think health has always been sort of thing people look at that's very cold and sterile, like, you know, cold and sterile older brother, while wellness is kind of like a new cool kid on the block. And I think in 2021, what we'll start to see is really more of the functional and holistic approaches to wellness um, converge with kind of traditional healthcare. And to my point, I really just don't think that, you know, one can successfully exist without the other. I think you'll see a lot of like health and wellness conversations involve both, you know, both pieces of it, both like the holistic and functional aspects of medicine, as well as the traditional aspects of medicine and healthcare. And as someone who is really busy, you know, you have two kids, you are married, you're running a business. How do you stay prioritizing your health and your wellness amidst having such a busy schedule? And maybe for anyone else who is also kind of maybe entering a new phase of life where they're going to be a lot busier, what are some things that you make sure to do every single day, like no matter what, no matter how busy you are, to focus on your health and wellness and maybe your mental health too? Yeah, I'd say number one, as you said, it's, it's to really look after yourself and and you know, if you're not healthy and happy, you're going to have a really hard time looking after someone else. So you don't have to fight off more than you chew. I think one small step at a time, one day at a time can have huge impacts. It's not a marathon, it's a sprint. Um, so but you have to make time for yourself. It doesn't have to be a spa day or highly restricted diet or expensive diet. It can be small things that don't take up a ton of time, but that you can look back on and really appreciate that you were able to do for yourself. So 10 minutes of deep breathing in the morning, making yourself a green smoothie for lunch, sitting in silence for 20 minutes, anything to really prioritize you. Because if you don't work, then really nothing else works, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. It's definitely so true. And especially if like, I can't even imagine Right now, I'm just married. I'm like 22. But I think about all the time, I can't even imagine having kids in the midst of everything that's so crazy right now. So I truly think that all parents are literally superheroes because I feel like y'all just make time that doesn't exist. And it wows me. I mean, it's really <laughs> cool. <laughs> but my last question is just what is your number one tip for maybe someone who's about to start going into launching a business, maybe has an ideas to kind of nervous to go for it. What would you say? Like your number one tip from all your experience of starting capsule? Yeah, I if I had to pick just one, I would say, you know, just start. There's no right or wrong way to build your dream. But the hardest, most difficult part is just getting started. And to start each day inspired, you know, figure out what motivates you. Let that be your North Star every day. Whatever it is that motivates you, remember that you own your own success. No one else is going to make you successful. You have to do it for yourself and you have to start on your own. Create your own plan for success. Prioritize what's important and take control. I know it sounds cliche, but you are the CEO of your own life. Um, I don't think people wake up one day and say, I wasn't an entrepreneur one day. 
and the next day that I am, the most successful entrepreneurs are so because they believe in what they're building and they have a passion for making it successful. They have a journey of evolution of finding their passion that got them to the place that they are now. So it's not just because they want to be entrepreneurs. So figure out what motivates you, figure out what inspires you and will help you wake up every day passionate and start with that. Yeah, it's so good. And if anyone's listening, I would love for you to kind of plug where they can find you if they're more interested in following along with your life and your journey. Uh, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me mostly on Instagram these days um, mm-hmm. at Sonia Patel Jane, S O N I A P A T E L J A I N. And that's where I spend a good part of my time on social is there. Okay. Cool. I love seeing, I just started following you, but I love seeing all your stories of your kids and how they were doing the flight simulation with your husband. I was like, that is the coolest thing. Like they have a pretty cool dad if that's just their casual morning activity. <laughs> yeah. My husband is an interesting guy. He's a um, recreational pilot. He's also a musician. He also wow. grew up in Japan. Yeah. And he grew up in Japan. So speaks you know, he speaks four languages. So he kind of has a lot more activities that he can kind of uh, do with the kids. And he's been a great dad and super helpful through all of this. So yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> hear it. Um, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. This is definitely such a great conversation. I know that everyone's gonna love it. So thank you for having me. wraps up this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to Sonia and if you did, feel free to check her out. She'll be linked in the show notes if you guys want to check her out or if you want to check Capsule out. I really hope it was motivating if you're interested in starting your own business, if you're interested in working in the pharmacy industry, whatever it may be. I think that she's just a great resource so you should definitely check her out. And again, I hope you just enjoyed listening to this episode. It's the last episode of 2020. Thank you for being here and listening for being a 2020 listener. I know this year has been absolutely insane and I think we all have a lot of hopes for 2021, but I just want to encourage you not to put all of your hope and kind of expectations on 2021 because I think a lot of times when we do that, we can get so disappointed. It's like anything in life when you expect something and then it doesn't measure up. You know, let it be a chance to feel motivated, to feel inspired for a new year. Let me know if you guys have any resolutions or anything that you are planning on doing. Feel free to DM me. I'm going to be recording an episode next week that's going to be all about my resolutions and kind of my outlook on 2021. But I've just learned whenever you kind of set up a new year and have all these expectations on it and it lets you down, that's the best way to feel the most unhappy with your life is when you just put too many expectations on yourself. So if you're forming resolutions or whatever, I just recommend making them a little bit realistic, but still challenging yourself because I know 2020 was really hard, but just the fact that we made it through is definitely enough. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye friends.